Welcome to another episode of the Best Case You Could Podcast, aka the podcast about nothing. I am your host, CZ Ray for Lauren, and I'm not alone. As usual, I'm joined by my brethren, Bela Mike Just and Prince Dways. What's going on, gents? Yeah, yeah. Breathing, Doug. Breathing. <laughs> just breathing. Just yeah, surviving. Just surviving, Doug. That's what Doing it the is, absolute man, least. Okay. That's okay. crazy. That's We're crazy. live. We're live. Yeah. We're live and direct. You know? Feeling good. Feeling great. Well, at least I am. I yeah. don't know about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't know about y'all i just answered i am a part of y'all and not just answer all right but yeah let's start because you know this one's a big guys, one it's a long one nah i get you yeah this is this is gonna be a long one i feel um today we're gonna be discussing kendrick lamar's what fifth sixth album um Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Uh, yeah, this comes after what five Your years dog, of being away. Dog. Um, been waiting. And so, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Let's just get into it, man. I don't want to waste too much time. I'm <laughs> interested, guys. Your general thoughts on this album, because yeah, there's a lot. Hey man. But yeah, what are you guys saying? General thoughts, man. Um, general thoughts. Firstly, I just want to put it out there. This is 18 tracks. I don't have a problem with it because Kendrick disappeared for years. For those of you that we hear every single week, please keep it at 12. I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> I just wanted to put it out there. But um, yeah, man. When it comes to when it comes to Kendrick, Doug, I mean. Kendrick is great, man. Like this is this is literally one of the gods. So this project within itself, like it was gonna be amazing regardless. Um, and I think yeah, man. Like I I really like it. It's a good project. At the start though, like I think it took a while for me to kind of warm up to it because you know it's been five years. So it's kind of like, what's the direction? Where are we headed? Kind of thing. And you know, obviously, it's not the same. As, and I mean, I don't expect it to be the same, but I think, you know, Kendrick really came through like over, you know, many listens. I've started to like gravitate towards it a bit more than I did. And yeah, man, like this is this is a really, really good project. Really, really good project. Shout out Kendrick, man. Yeah, I agree, bro. I think this was a lot to unpack. Um, I think he put all those five years <laughs> into this album bro like yeah definitely because like just like you're saying you know it was it there was so much you know th- that it contained that you kind of when it hit you at first you kind of had to like you know take it in segments a bit like you know mm. dissect each piece kind of turn each stone see what he's talking about come back later listen to it uh, again you know so it was like for me it was a whole experience more than just turning it on and saying hey okay what's Kendrick saying it was like really just trying to take a look into his mind because Kendrick's one of those artists you know I don't ever come into expecting to just you know the music just to get the music off the bat like right off the bat so you know it was it was fun for me to sort of dissect and look into everything that he was you know portraying and sort of letting us know uh, and and updating us with so I really enjoyed this project I will say though it it definitely is my least favorite Kendrick project, but I think it was still a phenomenal project because I mean, you already know the catalog is insane. So yeah, yeah, not nah, true. Yeah, 
Yeah, for me it was a, I guess it was a slightly different experience. Um, you know, I've been seeing, well, at the time, like I think the week of the drop and whatnot, when people listening to it and things like that. And, you know, people are like, yo, I had to, you know, go back, you know, go keep going back into it, keep going back into it until you know, I connected with it. It was a grower, this and that, this and that. Um, and I think for me, I just got it, you know, like first listen, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what it is, you know? And so every listen that followed after that, it was just getting deeper into the fabrics of the story. It wasn't like, ah, I don't know about this or... I'm on the fence about that. I just, I got it, you know, I connected with it. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me, funny enough, this might end up being my favorite Kendrick album in, in the long run. Um, like ever only because like ever, like ever, ever? only because, <laughs> um, it's his most personal. And I feel like, for the first time i'm actually like able to really get to the essence of who kendrick is i've loved all of his work and a lot of the albums not actually all of the albums you know up until this point it was him shining a spotlight onto the world and society and so sometimes those experiences were things that i just couldn't connect with because that was not my experience in a way. Um, and so with this one, it's it's more personal. And so the, I guess the map or the distance between him and myself feels a lot shorter and, and, and feels a lot more accessible, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Um, just like the themes that were covered. Mm. It's Obviously from like a technical point personal, of view and things sure. like that, mm. you know, there's things like, you know, Pimp Butterfly is like the ultimate hip hop album like I've ever heard. And so that's always going to be there. But in terms of like my favorite album, I think this might be the one from Kendrick uh, for me. But mine will always be six. Yeah, from that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get into some of the songs. I don't know if we're going to oh, go yeah. like track by track, or whatever, because it's just so much. Yeah. Before we actually yeah. get into it, I think one thing I also wanted to point out is like, Kendrick, one thing that I like really appreciate is like Kendrick is someone who doesn't necessarily have to like get with the times. You know what I mean? In terms of like his sound or, you know, like he doesn't have to release anything trap or anything along those lines that people are kind of bumping to. But I kind of appreciate the the effort in doing so because I know a lot of people have said like there's a lot of like, you know, Baby Keem kind of vibes to it and obviously their family, but like you know baby kim to some extent is the modern sound or the new age sound in terms of hip-hop and the fact that kendrick has been able to kind of bring that to life for himself as well um you know even like the the addition of kodak as well and just kind of modernizing himself as well even though there's really no need to i think that's one thing that i can that i really appreciate in terms of this project as well but i do think as well with his subject matter i think that keeps him relevant a lot of the times because he always discusses topics that are like you know the modern day what's that yeah. what's going on right now like what's going on within society and especially the black community he'll always like yeah. really shine a light on what's going on in recent times so i think that also keeps him you know in tune with with now and not sounding dated you know 
Yeah, because I mean, five years mm. he could have just disappeared and come back and just hit us with something. We would have been like, "I right, dog, like this is the old you. We don't need this right now," kind of thing. But yeah, mm. it worked. Mm. And I mean, he did say that he had writer's block for two years. You know. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine how frustrating that must have been. Because if you're a writer, if like your if your whole thing is words and writing and then all of a sudden now for two years you just can't find something meaningful to say that must have been torture no, you know crazy. but i like the fact that he was patient and he was just like hey sh- it's fine like you're not if i don't have to release anything right now i can be and you know, i can sit out and let you know my peers do their thing but like when i come back i'll come back with something meaningful mm. you know um Cause you know sometimes you do get those artists who are just always putting out music, and they're just like, "Bro, this is the same thing over and over again." Like, just take a break now. You know, we've we've heard enough of you. Just yeah, give others go a chance. Out your yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> free you know? up the fucking. So I really appreciate this what? from from Kendrick. I really appreciate this man, and you know it. it everyone, the the entire world was wondering like, what is Kendrick up to? Because you know. He's not a very like public person um, at all. And so when he was away from the music, we had no idea what he was up to. You know, obviously he launched like the PG Lang thing while he was away. Um, but like be- beyond that, like what was this man up to? And I feel like now we finally get the answers. You know, starting a family and you know, um, healing, therapy, and all these things. We find the answers in this album. Mm. You know, and I feel like it was it was worth the wait, in my opinion. I don't care what anyone says, man. This was worth the wait, bro. Niggas <laughs> ready to um, fight. <laughs> yeah, like it's just one of those things where, like, you know, sometimes there's just, there's this piece of music where you you connect with it at such a deep level that any external opinion, like, they don't really matter. Like, you can you can entertain opinion. them, yeah. but it's just like whatever. You know, <laughs> it's just like no, okay, cool. Sorry. That's how you see it. Yeah. And so I feel like I feel like that with Kendrick. Um I felt like that with a few other artists and albums in the past. And yeah, this was around with Kendrick too. Hey. <laughs> hey, let's like, let's uh, not let's not talk about that album because I'm gonna fight you niggas. I know that. Let's not talk about that album. Too. Especially you, Dwayne. I'm not trying to fight you today. I digress. I digress. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, guys, uh, disc one, uh, how are you guys feeling about that? Like that collection of songs, um, the flow of, you know, the sequencing, let me put it that way. What are some of your, what are some of your standout songs uh, from disc one? Um, I won't lie, though. One thing before I get into that, I'm still like not necessarily confused, but like I, you know, when it comes to a disc one and a disc two, there's a there's a clear sort of separation in a way in terms of what it's about and what it like i'm still trying to grasp like the the difference between this one and this i guess maybe this two is a bit more personal but like you know you have those tracks as well with like father time we cry together purple hearts etc so i'm still I, I just wanted to hear what your guys is like how you guys kind of see mm-hmm. the disc one and this two separation got you i'll hand that over to cz ray <laughs> um so yeah for me, Bilo, it's like um, 
disc one, you know, when you listen to United in Grief or um, Father Time, even the hook on Die Hard. Um, and then obviously we cry together and Purple Hearts and those songs. It's like a song like Father Time is the is the centerpiece for disc yeah. one. That's like the song on disc one, right? And I feel like Father Time sort of gives you like a summary of some sort as to why Kendrick turned out the way that he did. Yeah. Like it's like it's giving you like the reason behind this man like who kendrick is you know it's because he is addressing how he was brought up the toxic ways in which he was brought up the abusive ways in which you know he was raised in and all of those things yeah. right so it, it contextualizes who kendrick lamar is um and then with disc two uh a song like uh mother i sober that song is the centerpiece of that side i guess you could you could call yeah. it that and that's where he goes deeper into his upbringing and the i guess like the the consequences and the effects of father time you know okay. and yeah so that's in yeah briefly that's how i can like explain it in like the simplest way possible okay now now i fully get that i guess now we can get into it but yeah in terms of like this one man i think uh my favorites personally father time loved it um worldwide steppers for me was really dope as well i love how obviously this is just a very minuscule thing but i love how he added that meme of that gent that's always like hey yo, what the fuck and then he like looped it from the cookout. yeah from the cookout <laughs> and then he literally looped it in the song i was like that's actually so fucking dope and it just worked well in terms of what he was saying as well um we cry together fuck like dog like that that thing there is a masterpiece i just love mm. how Cause it's like you know even before it starts it's like this is what the world looks like and it's just like everything yeah the emotion even in that mm. like the emotion even from taylor page as well like it was i could just feel it dog and then also purple hearts mm. is is one of my favorites as well and then shout out to to kodak for the rich interlude that was also a pretty interesting thing to kind of see things from his view as well which is really nice mm, yeah mm. I, I definitely agree um yeah man disc one for me um how i sort of interpreted it i think you know it kind of more represented kendrick's view on like black consciousness you know it's sort of for me all the songs here in 95 um like you said father time we cry together um even rich spirit like it just it, it gave me sort of how how kendrick usually uh structures his music like good kid mad city vibes like yeah he's gonna give you that look like almost him standing on the sidelines and then giving you the view of what he sees you know that's how sort of disc one kind of hit me and then disc two was more so his own um you know his own struggles and his own uh, um personal struggles within you know uh the black community and just in society in general you know i think yeah. it reflects more of where his traumas c come from and stem from what led him to be where he is today it's like he's trying to you know in that in that f uh, last part it's like he's almost addressing um all his flaws and all the things that 
you know make him human and he's putting it out there and you know he's like c said this album is a lot more personal we get an idea of who kendrick is who his family is like a lot of the time he's always just giving us this sort of you know um bird's eye view type of thing you know it's not necessarily the bird who 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 were able to um see and 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 hear about it's what the bird is seeing so um yeah man i really i really enjoyed um on this too i liked auntie diaries i think um savior interlude was phenomenal by keem i think like his flows there his switch-ups his demeanor like it was crazy that was one of keem's best like verses ever no, so i really enjoyed that um mother i sober very very deep song very very deep song i listened to that song like so many times bro you know i think mm. he said a lot um you know I, I i i could relate to a lot of things he said in that song for me personally mm. so i really i really like that um yeah so yeah those were sort of my picks and sort of how i felt about um sequencing although i do feel like i i feel like the way it was structured was unnecessary but i i I kind of understand what he was trying to do yeah yeah man um this album it 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 really humanizes kendrick lamar you know because for a very long time i think even just as fans we're guilty of this we had put him on this pedestal because we just saw him as like this great messiah kind of rapper uh, rap you know type, like yeah it's like the second know, like coming of tupac some, that's how we, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, we yeah, yeah essentially you know that's what it is like when you really think about it you know and i mean i think he even said in one song like i'm not a training topic i'm you know i'm a prophet answer to the you know metatronic and gabriel whatever like mm. for me I think it 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 forced me to take a step back and just be like yo like why do we put so much pressure on this man to be something you know um and obviously songs like savior and things like that that's what he's addressing really just like yo guys at the end of the day like we are just human beings bro like Braun is just Braun at the end of the day with the billion dollars obviously yeah. but like you know <laughs> cole is not gonna save your life bro that's true you know you need to figure that but out i feel yourself, like we worship you know? these guys in a sense not worship but we idolize them in a sense because it's like it's 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 rare in a sense to see you know people like you make it out like you know the people in the black community become these superstars see, and super figures so like, it's almost like we but put there's, them there's, there's a different there's, level there's for them yeah because i think when we speak about this it takes me back to the blm protests as well when mm-hmm. twitter was constantly on some why is kendrick quiet or why is j cole or why quiet? did cole say yeah. this and j cole, cole was lit- this. j cole was literally in a protest but they were still like he's not doing enough and it's like just be and and to be fair this is all coming from the fact that these guys are just rapping about the black experience like there's obviously they do charity work outside they do a lot of that but it's like you know the music that they they've given us i think to have artists that kind of relate to the experience so much that you connect like every person or every black person will connect it's like you know because you want someone to understand your experience and especially when it comes through in the music dog especially when it touches so many people because like we can release a love song a love song will touch maybe one or two people because they've gone through that specific experience but let's say we look at the american um, demographic and now we're talking about police shootings and talking about all of this is what the whole 
community goes through and i think when it comes from one artist that that that's when you start to put them on that pedestal because it's like they're touching so many more people you get what i'm trying to say and obviously like it's 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 like you said it comes with the toxic side and and we've seen the toxic side of it but at the same time it's it's also that thing like this project definitely helps to remind you this is just another human being dog you know what i mean Mm. i love that you know his discography when you look at his discography it's basically you just you get to see the journey of a man who like started out with you know the intention like pure intentions of lifting his community look at section 80 um pimba butterfly damn good kid Mad but with City. time and experience and you know children and family um he understood that he had done his part and had done all he could um, to take care of his community or to or to lift his community, and um, I feel like with this album, it's now him saying, "I can't do this on my own. Um, I've got a family to worry about now. I can't be the one to always be, you know, to always uh, take that journey and and make that sacrifice uh, just to lift my community." Um, which is why I think a song like the the Hard Part Five, it was like a, a sort of like a nice precursor as to what we were gonna get on the album, and I still feel like the Hard Part Five should have been on this album, um, but it that's that's whatever. But I feel like you know, this album is just him realizing that he can't really save people because he himself needs saving. He should be attending to himself first, you know. Um, and, you know, when I think about that, I also think about the concept of Father Time in, in the song, right, on the album. And how he was speaking about how his dad was just a guy who just, you know, didn't stop to take time for emotions, for whatever like tragedy would strike just wasn't keep very on going you man toughen up mm. keep on going you know, you know what i'm saying mm. and i feel like for a very long time kendrick lamar was dealing with all these internal struggles which we saw in his previous albums especially um Pimba butterfly when you think of a song like uh you which is like one of the most heartbreaking songs i've ever heard in my entire life you know this was kendrick lamar really struggling like really having these demons within him but being on tour for seven years not stopping and it feels like now with family and kids his perspective has changed and it's forced him to stop and to heal and to you know do a lot of unlearning and learning and you know all of those things um so yeah, it's 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 such a it's it's an important piece of work, man. But yeah, you know, Dre's going back to what you were saying, your mother sober, that's that might just be like his best writing yeah. like ever. Like there's so much I feel in like there, bro. This song is this song for me is like it joins um Sing About Me and yeah. How Much a Dollar yeah, Cost. Yeah. Yeah. For me, that's yeah. like that's like the trilogy now, mm. you know? AOC's um, hit them with that interesting fact about Beth Gibbons, Doc. 
Cause I know you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna get to that. No, what do you mean? Nah, like you're the, like she's doing. No, guys, yeah, I mean the collaboration and then. Yeah, guys, it's it's Beth Gibbons. First of all, like here's the thing, you know, with this whole album rollout with Kendrick, um, the hard part five has a Marvin Gaye sample, right? A heavy Marvin Gaye sample in there. First of all, nobody ever gets access to Marvin Gaye's clearances, like. His estate is so strict with, you know, who they allow when it comes to sampling his music. And so for Kendrick to come back with... Didn't they sue Robin Thicke? <laughs> no, but that was different though. That was... Yo, that's no, like but Robin Thicke, a whole other I remember that. I remember that whole... It was a recreation, but then they said it's too similar. And hey, it was a, it was a tough the one. The feeling. Yeah, the Robin feeling. Robin Thicke was being sued because the song... <laughs> Which is wrong. ...created the same feeling. <laughs> Which is wrong. So how can you... How can you you copyright a feeling anyway that's that's you that's, can't do that anyway limit, limit, but, yeah, that's crazy <laughs> but yeah <laughs> yeah like so kendrick comes back with the marvin Gaye sample right so i'm like oh wow that's crazy right um and then the album drops and i see the beth gibbons name i'm like hang on isn't that beth like beth gibbons from potter like mm. bro when i discovered potter i think i was in what maybe like i think it may have been like 2011 and 2012 yeah, for me it was with the weekend it was, week. sample, yeah. <laughs> it was like was it. so that that would have been 2013 then blaze i think yeah, but now imagine by then port said they had been retired or, yeah, yeah they hadn't been making time. music for almost 20 years already mm. by then mm. right so to hear beth gibbons just new vocals from beth gibbons first of all mm. is mm. crazy mm. But to hear them on a rap song is even that's crazy, crazy year. Like that's that's wild, bro. Yeah. Like that is so wild. Uh, you know? Kendrick's the goat for um, to get that. Kendrick, bro, in the, and people respect Kendrick across the board. Mm. You know, mm. like you don't really pull a surprise for nothing, dog. Hey, like, bro, you know what you're doing as a rapper, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I want to get into uh, something that's been weighing on my mind and i want to hear you guys' thoughts on this your guys' thoughts on the inclusion of codec black on an album of this nature how are you what are your thoughts on that i'm not i'm not asking about his performance on the song that he was part of his inclusion on the album where do you guys stand with that what are your thoughts or have you come to a conclusion are you still figuring it out yourself where you stand or what's going on i think okay for me personally from like a music perspective i i mean i was shocked when i saw it um but obviously hearing it like and and kind of seeing how kendrick used kodak's ability like it made sense in a way for me i think obviously not a lot of people listen to kodak like that so there's certain projects so everyone possibly knows kodak as like tunnel vision or you know kind of just these vibes but like you know in 2018 when kodak released dying to live i think that was like the complete 180 in terms of the artist himself like i think dying to live kind of showed a lot of people that kodak could just do more could do much more than just you know the the surface level kind of music and he was able to kind of dig deep and he really did on that project and i think in terms of being on this Kendrick project and like the ideas that Kendrick ran with and 
I don't know, man. Like it, it, it made sense eventually. I didn't like it; just didn't feel out of place. I, I think it actually worked really well, and I think it was actually a good addition. I think when I look at like the new school per se, or like that class, because Kodak is like the 2016 XXL class or whatever. From those group of artists, I honestly don't necessarily see anyone besides like let's say 21 or whatever that could have possibly done what he did here. But yeah, that's me. Mm. Yeah, I think, personally, I think Kodak almost, he fits the mold, like, as the perfect protagonist in Kendrick's sort of story, in Kendrick's storytellings, like, the way, like, if you just look at uh, a good kid, Mad, Mad City, like, the type of character, characters that Kendrick uh, describes are very fitting to the type of person Kodak is, mm. you know? And, like, Dwayne, just to quickly interrupt you there, like, if we think about um, Good Kid, Mad City, like the one song that kind of makes it is The Art of Peer Pressure and mm. how like, you know, mm. getting dragged into that gang life even though certain things are happening. Like Kodak is that one person where he's a, he's a rapper but he's still in the hood and he still, yeah. gets, he still gets arrested multiple times on, on criminal charges. So that like it's still supposed to be in jail. I don't know, you know how it keeps coming up. You, you know what I mean? Like that's one person where... You, you you often look and you're like, dog, you have all of this, but why are you still being pulled back into this life that that trapped yes. you so? And then it plays into this thing of um, Kendrick kind of speaking on, you know, these traumas. And I think I think he addressed it in Father exactly. Time, kind of like being dragged into this, you know, the gang world or the criminal world. And it, like it just makes sense from that perspective. I just wanted to add that as well. Yeah, I think even. Um, um, Kodak himself in his interlude I think he even touches on it a bit you know just saying that you know this this life is not necessarily um what I, I guess he views as cool or whatever you know but it's just the way niggas came up bro and niggas are just trying to find you know something better for themselves but they only know these ways they've only been taught these ways you know they only um ever knew this life so I think the way Kendrick views Kodak is like, you know, the way Kendrick viewed his friends and his close homies, like who kind of, you know, they always had to balance that thug life with also trying to, you know, come up. And I think that's where Kodak is, you know, he's, he's making away from himself. You know, he's seeing like he's owning properties. He's, you know, making money, he's doing well for himself, but then that other part of him, that part, the trauma side of him, um, sort of brings exactly, sort of brings or carries a ghost of his past with him wherever he goes, which he kind of always, you know, it's always over his shoulder, it always hangs over him. Um, and then it leads him into some of these or some of the behavior that, you know, a lot of young black males are into these days, especially in the US, you know just just this you know fuck everything type of shit i'm gonna get mine fuck that hood fuck your niggas you know just that type of war mentality but it's like you know you're almost fighting your own people in a sense and you're also fighting you know like the systemic oppression on top of that so yeah. it kind of creates these these animals <laughs> in a sense not to say it's an animal but just these savages you know who are like it's not like you know i want to be this way or I, I i'm proud to be this person but at the same time, you know, these are the cards I was dealt, so I'm going to make the most of them. And I just think Kodak was almost the perfect, you know, protagonist for that. So, yeah, I think I really liked his position in, in, in the album. 
and For to sure. add to that like one more um i don't know who i had heard it from like it, w- it was some interview that i'd watched i forgot which artist it was or one of the ogs or whatever and they were kind of speaking about like how you know back then i think it was that um thing with yeah i don't know actually but back then you know people would enter gang life um to put food on the table that that was basically mm. the put the sole purpose you know to be able to provide because things are kind of looking bad for you but it's like in this current day and age a lot of the people that are entering gang because gang life now has kind of been glorified or or glamorized in a sense mm. so now people mm. aren't necessarily just going into it just to put food on the table like they're going into it because like yo i want to be a shooter i want to be you know what i mean killing and over hoods you know what i mean from this hood hoods yeah. that you don't even own bro yeah you know? like you don't own the block but you're like killing niggas for it yeah like it's just <laughs> it's become it, it's it's the sole purpose is no longer there and i think we can kind of carry that over to like kodak as well in the sense that he has the money Kodak doesn't need to be, you know, doing what he's doing, but like he's still doing it. It's, well, obviously, I'm not saying he was raised in that, so obviously it's a different context in a sense. So mm. maybe he's just, you know, the trauma is literally what's pulling him back in. But it's like, you know, how the landscape and a lot of things have kind of changed. And yeah, that's I don't know how to round it up, but I just wanted to add that. Mm. Yeah, man. Um. You know, hearing hearing you guys speak, uh, I, I see where you guys are coming from, and I think that it, it's just like it, it. It's like a reminder for me as to um, there aren't that many faults on this album for me personally, um, but the few faults that I do see and that I, I'm still grappling with even now. One of them is, you know, the Kodak uh, feature on the album and obviously the the use of the F slur um, in Auntie Diaries. Yeah, that one's but a bit But we'll hectic. get to that. Um, <laughs> with, with the Kodak Black thing, you know, in the, the way you guys are speaking right now and that's, that's how like a lot of, or majority of um, the fans of both these artists have, have seen this collaboration yeah. right mm. um and i get that and you know i think with kendrick lamar one of his and i don't want to call it a fault but like yeah one of his shortcomings in this album for me is when he is trying to include the rest of society in in his story i feel like this was a very like a deeply personal album and a lot of the songs were deeply personal and were about him but now that i think about it the other songs were that were deeply personal were and then ended up turning into you know him now including the rest of society i feel like it he didn't always hit the mark on that and with this kodak one specifically when you think of a song like mother i saw but we were speaking about a few minutes ago um where kendrick speaks you know very emotionally and deeply about um his mother's experience as a um a victim of 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 abuse right kendrick lamar is shining a spotlight on 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 these experiences that, that his mother went through um and so now for me to have a convicted 
sexual abuse that plays such a big part on your album is something that I'm still having a hard time grappling with. Um, I understand the character that Kodak is supposedly supposed to be playing, but at the same time, it's like, um, and, and I understand that maybe Kendrick wants to, you know, reposition Kodak or I guess whatever, you know, reimagine Kodak as someone, you know, I don't think he was trying to do that. I don't even think like he was that. trying to do that. I think he was just trying to show the grittiness of the type of characters he's describing. I think he's just using Kodak as a as a prop in a sense, you know, to just sort of right. and although I, and, I don't think his feature, that. like his feature on the on Silent Hill, I feel like you see that was unnecessary for me. But I feel like yeah, the, so that's where I'm going now with okay. this point that I'm making. Yeah. Is that um having, you know, Kodak and all these things, um, from a tech from a musical point of view, did he add that much value? Like was it like a a needed rap verse or spoken no. poetry that he did in the other interlude and whatnot? Um if Kendrick felt the need to include a rapper from the streets and you know whatever mm. i don't know maybe i feel like the inclusion of a rapper who was a victim of abuse or you know this um and has shown some sort of remorse and and rehabilitation mm. i feel like it would have been a better fit yeah. um as far as i know with kodak and his life you know he you know he and you know the case the case was a public a public thing whatever and he was convicted and you know he confessed to the charges and all those things um he pleaded innocent and i just maybe i'm wrong or maybe i've missed it completely mm. but i don't to me it doesn't seem like he is a person who has shown that much remorse for what he has done yeah. You but know, I don't think um, that's why it's on the album. He's not on the album for remorse no, or but I get to that. be shown as remorse. No, no. For me, he's just no, he's purely there in a sense of this is like this is sort of the the this is the example I can show you of someone who reflects what I'm talking about in society. You know, I I, I don't think yes. he's I don't think he's thinking of uh, this case. I think that even the case and having all these things adds to that grittiness of what he's saying do i think it's a good move no <laughs> but i yeah, think that's yeah, just like that's the point that's the like point that's the point that i'm trying to make here anything like that's the point the point that i'm trying to make here is that um there are people you know like and kendrick has fans he has all kinds of fans right from all different walks of life and things like that mm. and um I, I could never, from what I know with Kendrick, you know, I, I would never say he did this with a malicious, malicious intent. Mm. That's not him. You know, Kendrick has shown that he is a, a very empathetic uh, person and things like that. Um, and so when it comes to situations like this, it, I'll always feel like um, your points can be made, mm. but it should never be at the expense of the abused or the victims you know all of those things um which is why i was saying earlier mm. that sometimes with the efforts that or the, the the choices that he made on this album as much as i understand them mm. 
I don't agree with all of them, which I is the point you. that I was trying to yeah, get to. Um, even with the Kodak thing, you know, um, because once again, I don't think songs like um, songs like Mother or Auntie Diaries, especially Auntie Diaries, I don't feel like those songs are made for people who already see the world in that open-minded um, perspective. Uh, I feel like you know those songs are targeted specifically to you know the the the, the hood the black community where a lot of these uh, prejudices uh, still exist mm -hmm. you know um and so using someone like a kodak black is like the most basic and most straightforward way he can get his point across because it is a person or a personality that or a character that exists in the hood. Yeah. Mm. That is why I was saying that I don't think from a, from a, an artistic point of view, it makes sense. Like That's why I was saying, I, I agree with you guys. However, and then I went on to explain why for me, I was still like grappling with like from like a more personal point of view of why. And I see why some of the people might, may feel like Kodak shouldn't have, shouldn't have been on this thing. Um, which has become sort of like a talking point now for this album, Kodak Black, and obviously the F slur in Auntie Diaries. Um, but yeah, I think, what are you guys' thoughts on the Taylor Page um, feature? Because... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many that, valid points. That start, <laughs> though. The thing is, you see, Kendrick always does this before he's about to do some bullshit, though. He always starts with that that intro, you know, that cinematic. It, it, it actually was very cinematic from the start, you know, that. Oh, the whole track, oh, that, bro. Florence and the yeah, Machine. That's the Florence like, and the Machine. It was song. beautiful. Yeah. That was, like, I, I literally soaked that in, and then they were like, this is what the real world is like. But yeah, I genuinely think, like, I was, I was gripped, man, from start to finish. I think this is how a lot of toxic relationships are i i think one thing that i loved about this was like the emotion man like this wasn't even like because you know artists normally have songs where it's like you know conversational and back and forth but the musical element is still there i feel like yeah the musical element in a sense just disappeared like it was literally okay it was like a skit almost yeah it was a skit so like the the point of the point of emphasis was more so the writing because obviously we had lines that rhymed and all of that but like from a musical perspective of like having like that didn't matter and i think yeah man it was just beautiful there was that point where taylor was literally i don't know what she was saying but you could you could see like you could feel like she was about to, the character was about to cry like bro, it was her just, voice inflections said, were crazy and then she was like yeah i go to church and i pray for us that's when the tears started dropping i was like oh my goodness like this is an artistic masterpiece bro obviously the ending was pg-18 and all of that but like that <laughs> was pg-18 fire like, PG <laughs> nah like we cried together was fire dog like yo nah it was yeah yo, yeah shout out kendrick nah, for that man I like it literally agree, gave I me a completely different perspective of things musically for sure mm. for sure like i think this was this was um the first time I listened to it, this was really the standout for me. This one just sort of stuck out the most because it was just so, it just felt so 
honest you know it, it didn't feel like you know when people are trying to reenact a skit it kind of feels reenacted a bit but this just felt like as if they were in the moment you know and taylor page like she just like she almost went over the line of perfection <laughs> what i'm saying like there was not a yeah. flaw that there was not a single flaw like every tone every word the way she said certain lines the way she said certain things it was just flawless bro it was perfect so i i really enjoyed her emotion on there and just how she you know served it up with every bar <laughs> literally you know so it was, mm. it was dope for me and i think I she really won eh? like i genuinely think that fight thought nah she won well yeah a few things well one um i don't know how much you guys know of taylor page taylor page is an actress yeah really, really good actress. i know that yeah i just know that she's an actress that's what i mean and so like having her on this Wait, album what are her most notable works because i don't know exactly her, her her last big movie was a movie that dropped last year very cool movie. It's, co- it's called uh, it's called Zola, and it's based on a thread, a tweet, like a a, a, a tweet or, or a, a string of tweets made by some other girl a few years ago about how like it's a crazy story, but essentially she's a stripper and then um, she gets pimped out by some other girl and some other dude. They take a trip to like Miami or something, and it's like this big ass dramatic night of crazy events and so that twitter thread ended up being a movie and like a real real like (laughs) that's crazy good movie you know a24 produced like it's it was a crazy thing to see that movie after you know knowing that those tweets existed from like 2015 or whatever it was and so if anyone wants to watch that movie go check it out zola um but yeah you know, it, it for me listening to this song, it reinforced my idea or, or like the feeling that I had throughout the album, which was this album for me feels like a stage play. It feels like you're watching a theater play unfold right in front of your eyes. Um, and you know, having a song like this with just so much drama in it, that's what you would see, like um, in, in, at a theater, you know, on stage. That's how you see the actors. Mm-hmm. Like I could visualize, I could see this yeah. happening. Like I know? could see them in the kitchen, um, like arguing, fighting. You know. Yeah, it see. was so crazy, right? Um, and then obviously, from like a music point of view, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like there was so much piano. Yeah, yeah. On dun, this dun, album, dun, dun. Like, yeah, there was no. so much piano. And the riffs, the riffs kind of went with the emotion as well. Yes, mm. and so in theater, you're like piano is a very big part of like conveying stage emotion plays. as um, yeah, yeah, conveying emotion. In it's stage a very big plays. part of of stage plays and pacing, like story mm. pacing, and you know all of those things. Mm. And so, even a song like Crown, you know, um, Crown is essentially two chords that you know carrying the song. It's like an F sharp and a C sharp, I think just a pinky thumb you know and the thumb combo there and it just it gives you that feeling it's just like yo i am watching a play here it's so dramatic it's dark as well um but yeah man no tyler page just yeah what she did there but also it's just like it's one of those songs where it was so shocking to hear it at first 
and so it's like i can listen to it again but it's, it doesn't have the same effect anymore i can still appreciate the yeah. song though obviously because before i press play on that thing i had never heard a song like that ever right and so like that shock factor is like it's, it's worn out now and then i'm able to focus on like the the whole idea behind that song and how you know it starts off well i mean like you, you mentioned below you know i think whitney his uh kendrick's fiance who says you know this is what the world sounds yeah. like whatever right and i think like yeah for the first three quarters of that song it's the fight between them and then like the fourth quarter it's it, they start to bring in like um uh cultural uh issues you know the harvey weinstein the r kelly things all these yeah. other things right they are now opening up the conversation to uh to society and in a way it's kendrick you know touching on cancel culture and the things that were happening while he was away because we always wondering like well, i wonder what kendrick thinks of this yeah. you know because we we could see what the other people thought about like his his um his peers but he was just quiet or we thought he was quiet you know and so in a way you know hearing those topics um be addressed like that and then at the end you hear the tap dancing again you know that those those tap dancing uh kids who were uh, who are in a few of the songs right mm. um which again it's one of those things where it's like we we're not really because we're not if i ask you guys like what what was that fight really about like ultimately what was that fight really about you wouldn't be able to tell me I like like the essence of that fight what <laughs> was it about <laughs> it's about nothing right and it's that thing of the idea of how as a society like we just we always just so quick to you know to say things and to you know have Argue the upper hand when, when it comes Netflix to opinions Especially Twitter, bro. <laughs> but actually right? i wanted to ask but we never but we never really we never really addressed like the real issues yeah. and that's what tap dancing oh that's what i was about to ask you i was about to ask you that right? you know yes we literally tap dancing around the conversation because even at the end of that song you know the, the, you, they, you, you know we assume it's well it's presumed that they're going and they, they, they have sex yeah. right mm. and so it's just like they avoid you almost get the feeling the that it's a cycle yeah you know exactly. it's like a toxic cycle that they're stuck in they know this now that we fight we fight you know we bash each other and then we make up and then tomorrow we'll do it again you know so i thought it was a very creative and artistic way to address that part of culture and, you know, just but there was one line that got me there was one line that got me like off guard which i never thought about when you said uh why r&b bitches never feature on each other songs <laughs> <laughs> like i started to do the math i was like damn that shit is uh that shit is rare bruh like you never see summer walker featuring scissor bruh you know type of rihanna featuring beyonce we've never had that bro <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's rare but it also kind of made me feel like this song wasn't that recent uh because i mean we've had a few lately like, really i think lately yeah it's been a bit more. that's what i'm thinking but like i feel like that song wasn't like a recent song unlike maybe i don't know there was one song that felt really recent on this album I'm forgetting what it was but yeah i mean mm. that's yeah um uh Auntie Diaries, yeah, we've touched on Auntie Diaries. I feel like I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add on that one. Um, nah. Yeah. Uh, 
And then obviously, I don't know, people saying this album doesn't have hits. I don't know, man. I feel like there are some hits here, like nice hits. Rich Spirit, Die Hard. These are like nice songs, bro. That but are they well hits, though? In, you know. But it's like, does he need a hit? That's the, I don't that's think he the needs a hit. Like, <laughs> he does, I don't think Kendrick needs a hit. I feel Kendrick himself is just a hit, bro. One man. But exactly. I think I, I, feel I like, don't. Why are people I think so stuck every, on that? Like, oh, there's no hits. Why, why is that so important? But you know how people, people are. That's, that's just the mainstream culture. You know, everyone wants that standout record where you can say, it's like almost to justify that this is a good album. It needs to have a big hit, which I don't believe in at all. I don't yeah. believe a good album has to have a big hit but i uh, um me personally i don't think there's a hit on here but i don't know i just i wasn't even expecting a hit to be honest i didn't i just felt like kendrick was gonna give us something super artistic you know yeah. super just like artsy and not really caring about what's going on right now i think the only attempt at a hit on here was maybe the Ken, uh the kodak feature the silent hill track because that just kind really? of seemed it just seemed very basic like as a song it seemed like what would you would uh push on radio hot 100 type shit you know it didn't seem like there was any depth to that song what was a nigga saying bro he's like something is who pushing niggas like who like, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't lie to you i, I skipped that song <laughs> like, like exactly the first couple of times i skip it like for me the song that i think would play out really well in those kind of settings like radio mm. are songs like die hard songs like rich spirit um those are the songs that i feel like mm. could do well they have that commercial appeal to them mm. um but yeah i i i don't know man guys is there, is there anything else you guys want to add to to this discussion because this was one of i think yeah it's 18 tracks we could we can't go yeah no we're gonna go yeah, too long if we, we, we would have taken on. forever <laughs> but yeah also what a fun yeah. fact apparently um we cried together Can't like cry. after a week it dropped like 81 places so sees like on the hot 100 so it actually plays into your point yeah. of like once you've listened to it once and like you've gotten that yeah, initial shock and that initial thing but there's no replay People, value there there's no replay nah, facts value it's not even about but it's like it's crazy how like it's literally about the it was about the shock because like as soon as we cried that was the first thing that people spoke about the the day the album dropped like twitter that was that was what was trending and then it's like after you've yeah. had that experience and felt it it's done and the fact that it dropped yeah. 81 places it would be like playing a skit over and over again no one yeah. wants to just hear a skit over and over again but like it did what it was supposed to do you know hit us when it was supposed to hit us and then you know leave us with you know the conversation afterwards nah facts because i can't imagine mm. someone in their car bumping we cried together dog Yo, i would look at you sad <laughs> just bro. hitting a fuck you bitch now <laughs> fuck you <laughs> nigga imagine now you're at the robot you're hearing fuck you nigga now fuck just you bitch fuck. i was like yo bruh got your kids in the back rolling up the windows ah nah dog you can't play that one but yeah nah yeah man i don't know ultimately yeah going back to how you started this thing for me this right now sits as one of my favorite Kendrick album because of the personal touch to it you know mm. I mean as you both know and we speak about this a lot offline you know I've, I've you know I've been doing my journey you know trying to get better as a guy and all those things doing the, the self work and all these things and I feel like the timing of this album couldn't be more perfect for me mm. you know in my yeah. life um, and that's the thing with music you know and we spoke about this on the Tando 
um, episode where I was just like, I can tell that this is really good music, but for the life of me, I just can't connect with it, you know? Because mm. um, sometimes music just finds you at a place when maybe you're not ready to receive it at that point. Yeah. You know? But with this one, everything just aligns so perfectly with my journey of, you know, self-growth and, you know, the journey of healing and, you know, all of those things. So I really, really appreciate this album. Um, for Are that. we and saying album of the year? Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, just relax. <sighs> just wait. No, I'm asking, like I'm genuinely <laughs> middle asking. middle of the year. What I will say is this. Um, for now, this... Yeah, it's probably the best album I've heard so far this year. Um, but then again, my opinion is biased because, like I said, I have a lot of connection to this album, so don't take my word yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then again, we never really we, we never really touch on like what the best thing is. It's always like what our favorite things are because yeah. that's that's an easier conversation to have. That's true. Rather than proving that something is the best, you know, if I say this is my favorite thing, what are you gonna do? You can't say anything. Like, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> you, see, you can't, can't tell me it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> but I would lie. Right. Musically, <laughs> yeah. order has been restored. I'm, I'm happy now. I, I've, I, I've been waiting for Kendrick. I'm good now. Closing remarks. Let's lock it off now. Hey, man. Shout out Kendrick. If you ever listen to this, which I highly doubt. But yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Believe, bro. Believe. You yeah, I, hopefully someone... Because we got some listeners in America, dog. Hopefully it's someone from Con- some from Compton, dog. is like, yo, Kendrick, dog. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to this. But yo, <laughs> shout out. This is fire, man. I don't even lie. And it's just good hey. to have Kendrick back, to be fair. Yeah, man. Um, now nah, I think we've really covered it all. Um, yeah, man. This is just... I'm just happy that Kendrick is back. I'm glad he gave us something with substance. It's still an album I'm going to go back to um yeah man i I really appreciate uh, that kendrick cares so much you know to put you know he gives us you know almost soul food in his his music you know it's not just empty and he gives us a lot to digest so i really appreciate that and yeah shout out kendrick Mm. yeah i'm just glad that he's finally you know taking the weight off the off his shoulder of carrying you know the burden of his community and he's just living for himself now. That's just beautiful to see, man. Um, so yeah, shout out to self-healing and oh, not self-healing, self-growth and and healing and all of that stuff, guys. Do your healing, guys. It's, it's important. Stop walking around with this trauma and baggage, you know. Um, Bro, just at me. Yeah, man. man. Just this add is... me, dog. Just add me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, you gotta heal, bro. You gotta heal, you know um let things come to the surface but anyway um this has been the best cape secret podcast aka the podcast about nothing i feel like this review was about nothing essentially um i was not alone i was joined by my brethren Mbilo my just and prince dways until next time stay shining peace and love Deuces.